Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Happy New Year to you. I hope that this brand new year has gotten off to a good start for you. I have this practice at the end of every year of just kind of doing some reflecting and thinking about how the last year had gone and kind of dreaming about the next year and, you know, seeing if there are any shifts or changes that need to happen. And so as I kind of do some reflecting, I have questions I ask myself. This is this came from a really good friend of mine smarter, wiser than me. But anyway, the questions are what's right, what's wrong, what's missing and what's confused. And I ask myself those questions in different areas of life and just kind of evaluate a little bit. And it's good. It's good to look back at the year and to evaluate. Do you have any kind of thing like this annual? I, I, not as detailed as that. I do try to reflect over the previous year. You know, looking back a little bit, that Lauren and I usually will do is just looking back at what big things happened Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And, you know, I think about it right now. I was, you know, at my old job running a TV station by myself um, to where in October joining here with Mm -hmm. Moody radio and Lauren has taken steps in her job there to move up, up the chain there. Just a lot of big steps were taken last year and it was kind of fun to, take a little bit of time new year's day and reflect a little mm. bit privately between yeah. ourselves there yeah. to look back and see all the major steps that we've taken yeah. this year. And those are good things. Those are things to celebrate and it's fun. And we don't often give ourselves the the time or permission to celebrate the good things and the big things. And sometimes looking back on the year can be kind of hard. Maybe there's something in your 2022 that you wish wasn't there. Maybe you failed at something or, or, you know, maybe you did something that you wish you hadn't done. When we look at scripture, we see there is a huge encouragement in a man in the Bible by the name of David. If you're not familiar with this story, I'll try to give you the skinny, at least, you know, the, some high points of this specific part of his life where he failed pretty badly, pretty significantly. So King David was supposed to be off at war. It was a time when kings went off to war. That's how the the passage starts. But it says he didn't. He didn't go off to war. He stayed at home and he was up on his roof at, of his palace, you know, as he's the king. And he sees this beautiful woman bathing and on a roof down below and he's got a view of her and he's like, Ooh, la la. And he wants her. So he summons her to the palace and he has his way with her. So we don't know if this was consensual or if this was just the fact that he had the power and the authority to do what he Mm. wanted to do, but she ended up becoming pregnant. And so to try to cover up for his sin, he called, well, she's married by the way. Didn't even mention that. Right. That she was married to a man named Uriah. So He's now she's pregnant and he's got to cover up for what he did. So it just turns out that Uriah is one of David's faithful fighting men. And he is at war at a time when Kings went off to war and everybody else, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing while David stayed behind. So he, he brings Uriah home thinking if he can come home and be with his wife, then everybody will think that the baby is Uriah's and not mine. So he tries to cover up his sin by bringing Uriah home. But because of his faithfulness, Uriah's faithfulness to all the other guys who are out there fighting at the time, he says, no, I'm not going to sleep with my wife. That's completely, you know, the other guys don't have that opportunity to be with their wife. So I'm not going to either. It was just unthinkable. Yeah. So he didn't. So David was still in jam trying to figure out how to cover up his sin. 
So he took it even further and he sent orders for Uriah to be sent on the front lines of battle, which would have been risky in and of itself. But then he had everybody else retreat. So Uriah would surely die. He basically had him murdered. I mean, this is, this is a man in the Bible, King David, who committed adultery, basically had a problem of pornography. That's basically what's happening up on the roof as he's watching this woman bathe. And then he's takes, you know, he lies, he cheats, he steals, all these things. And yet David is considered a man after God's own heart. Murderer, liar, deceiver, you know, I mean, how can this even be possible? But what it comes down to in scripture is David repented. He acknowledged his sin. Yeah, he did try to cover up. Yeah, he did do those things. He's guilty of all of that. But eventually he came to the end of himself and he said, you know what, God, I sinned against you. This is, these are all the things that I did that were against you. And he turned from his sin and he began to obey God. Now, here's what the, where the encouragement is in this horrible story is the fact that we all blow it. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. We all fail. I have, and I'm guessing that you probably have too, but we've got some options. We could, like David, try to hide it and try to cover it up so others won't find out. And it just leads to, as we can see in his story, more sin. When you try to lie and you try to cover yourself up and you lie to yourself even about what took place and and about who you are, that's one option. But we've got this other option that makes us a person after God's own heart and it's owning our sin and confessing our sin and acknowledging the pain that it caused to other people. And then ultimately recognizing that you sinned against God. It wasn't just, David's sin wasn't just against Uriah. It wasn't just against Bathsheba. It was against God, the God of the universe. But the good news here is that God forgives. He does. He will. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Not only does he forgive us, he purifies us. He makes us right. And in his forgiveness, that's where we find the way forward for a brand new year. We got to stop sinning and choose to behave in a way that brings honor and glory to God. And he actually even empowers us to be able to be faithful to him. God will help you. He'll show you how to live differently. This is how we become people after God's own heart. Psalm 103, 11 and 12 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So maybe you've got some big mistakes in 2022. Maybe you just made some, did things that you wish weren't a part of your story. Maybe you messed up royally. Well, turning the page of the calendar isn't going to make that go away, but turning to God, owning your stuff, asking him to forgive you and choosing to behave differently in the new year. This is what sets us on a new path for a new year and God will help you to do it. We have a friend that we're regularly in contact with who is wrestling with addiction to alcohol and we celebrate when there's good days. And just recently, you know, he confessed, I blew it again. I blew it again. I drank again. This is the good news for all of us today is that God forgives, that when we repent, he strengthens us with his strength to live differently in the year ahead. So let's be those after God's own heart. And let's start today. 
Well, I was looking through Facebook while I was off, and yes, okay, you did it too. Admit it, you did it too. Probably looking through just seeing what some of your friends were doing for the Christmas holidays, looking for some of the pictures uh, that maybe your nephews or nieces or relatives, uh, brother, sister, whatever, just kind of seeing what kind of holiday they were having. I was scrolling Facebook looking for um, pictures of my new niece because my nephew's wife had a baby. Ah. So I guess, does that make her my niece? What does that make her? I don't know. My nephew had a baby. His wife had a baby. And whatever she is to me, we love her. Her name is Faye. She's a sweet little thing. So I was scrolling through Facebook looking for pictures of the new baby. Yeah, that's it. Nothing wrong with doing that. But one of the things I happened to see as I was going through my Facebook feed is somebody posting this. I hope we never see a year like this again. Mm. <laughs> I have to admit, I chuckled a little bit when I saw that. Yeah, 2022 did have its challenges, but I do recall seeing the exact same sentiments at the end of 2020 because that was right after COVID. And then, of course, 2021, which still was a bit halting in terms of getting back to normal. Okay, there were some similarities in the challenges from year to year, but there were also some new wrinkles that added different levels of anxiety in some, whether it's oil prices, the political landscape of Washington, war between Russia and Ukraine, and you got the idea. Mm. But I think we might need to take a different approach uh, as we look at this. First, I'd like to move away from the negative statement. I never want to see a year like this again, too. Here is my hope and prayer for the new year. That's good. Flip it, flip it upside down. Yeah, let's 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 turn it the other way. That gives us something to work with because you say, oh, I don't want to see that again. Well, then what do you mm-hmm. want to see? I mean, other than, yeah, we all like to have things much more peaceful, much, things much more predictable. Probably not going to happen because life doesn't work that way. So anyway, how would you begin your list? First of all, I think we need to start by looking within. Like David, we need to pray, search me, O God, know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that Mm -hmm. offends you, and then lead me along the path of everlasting life. We read this in Psalm 139, 23, and 24. So there are things out there that, of course, do need to be confronted and addressed, but far too often, and I'll say this for myself, and I think it's probably true for you too, We don't address the things in my life that add to the chaos and confusion and that keep others from understanding who Christ is because I've not allowed him to remake me in his image. Mm -hmm. There really is a lot of work for Christ to do in my life, but I'm too busy pointing out how much others have fallen short. There, Back in the Old Testament, there were sacrifices that had to be made for sins that you committed and then for sins that you committed that you didn't know you committed. Right. And that's where David's prayer comes in. Right. You know what I mean? Like, search me, O God, and know my heart and show me the places that I don't even know that I'm sinning against you. Right. You know, there's the stuff that we feel guilty about outright, but there's also things that go on inside of our hearts and maybe, maybe even in our conversations that are against the will of God that we are completely unaware of. And so we do, we need to spend some time doing some self-reflection and saying, Lord, show me where that is. Yeah. So that's a good place to start. And then from there, we can start to identify things in our immediate family that we can ask for guidance and wisdom in handling. Not, not, I'm again, I'm not saying fix them again, just right. saying, how, how do you want me to enter into this Lord? And uh, we can open up conversations that can bring healing to offenses that we were entirely unaware of, or perhaps help help others in our family open about things that 
they're struggling with. Because if you're being honest about what's going on in your life, they're probably going to be more willing to tell you Mm -hmm. about stuff that they're struggling with as well. Yeah. Vulnerability is such an important part of being in relationship with other people. It's how we build community by being honest and vulnerable. Well, I think you see the pattern I'm building here. The change we long for needs to come from the grassroots up, just as Jesus did with his disciples. I think we've become obsessed with trying to make changes happen at the highest levels and thinking that it will kind of trickle mm-hmm. down. Right. This is not economics, but it will not trickle down. Right. Hoping that, uh, <laughs> hoping that the right people get into office or whatever right. the case may be. Yeah, exactly. We kind of think that it will somehow trickle down. And not that we shouldn't have and pray for godly leaders, but that's not what is going to ultimately make the kind of change we need. It's actually never worked that way. The Pharisees Pharisees tried using the law as a standard of perfection. And then if you could keep it perfectly, you were in. Simple as that. Well, they knew it was hard, but they loved parading around how well they were doing at it. But Paul, who considered himself to be the Pharisee of the Pharisees, Mm -hmm. had this to say. So the law was merely a taskmaster to bring us to Christ because none of us, can keep the law of Moses perfectly. And that's why Jesus came so that he could bear the penalty of our sins as well as break the hold sin has on us. It's why he said, come to me, all of you who are weary and overburdened, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. All right, there are a lot of reasons why you may not want another year like 2022. But 2023 is an opportunity for us to start fresh by asking God to renew us by bringing us closer to him. So let's encourage each other to do just that, to lean into more of what it means to follow Jesus each day. So I was reading this devotional written by David Guzik of Enduring Word, and it got me thinking about how God is always restoring and always creating, even now and forever. It's who he is. And this devotional was based on Revelation 21.5, which says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And this proclamation about God creating things is in Revelation at the end of all things. He says, behold, I'm making all things new. I love that. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the God who in the beginning was creating everything that exists by just imagining it and speaking it into existence, that same God is still making all things new at the end After Jesus Christ returns, after all sad things become untrue, as Perry would say, after the new heaven and the new earth, after all that, God's not finished making new things. He says, behold, I make all things new. And when John heard God say that in this vision in heaven, it apparently just stopped him in his tracks because he had to be reminded to keep writing. You know, he said, Mm. write these things down. These are faithful and true. So I'm glad he wrote them down because now we've got this record of, you know, that God is always making things new, that this is part of his character. He hasn't stopped. He's not going to stop making all things new. And I'm not going to lie. I like new things. Who doesn't like new things? Do you like new things? <laughs> well, of course we like new things. That's yeah. one of the reasons we have Christmas, right? Right. Like brand new set of headphones, <laughs> brand new, I don't know, fill in the blank, brand new laptop. Brand new computer, yeah. <laughs> brand new pair of shoes, brand new Bible with crisp pages, you know, and no markings in it at all. A brand new calendar. You know, you flip the 
the page and it's just all clean. It's the beginning of a brand new year. I just love it. And to be honest, I have felt a little bit guilty about my love of new things at times. I just have to keep that before the Lord, right? It's important not to let anything take the place that belongs to God in our lives. And to think that having something new is going to be the magic bullet and it's going to bring the peace and the joy that we long for. That's, that's something we got to be aware of and be careful about. But I wonder if our love of new things, especially with this verse in mind from Revelation 21, 5, what if that has something to do with us resembling God a little bit? You know, could it be God given that we come alive to a brand new day with no mistakes in it? I mean, after all, we're made in the image of God and he's a God who's always making new things. So don't feel guilty about your excitement about a brand new year. My goodness, no. Be joyful about your excitement for a new year. Be grateful. Celebrate with God about this brand new year that we've just stepped into. We can trust that he who made everything is still making all things new. And that means he's got new things for us in 2023. Hmm. You know, the word of God says all the days planned for you were written in his book before even one of them came to be. That means there's a whole plan, a godly plan for 2023. And that's super exciting. He's got new mercies for us and new grace, new blessings, new opportunities, new responsibilities, new victory over stubborn sins. Amen. New faith replacing old fears new people coming into the kingdom. So let's celebrate this brand new year together and let's celebrate the one who said, behold, I'm making all things new. Well, I don't know what it says about me. The fact that uh, things I'm talking about this morning happen to come from Facebook. (laughs) Both of them, huh? Both of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there is, there is a lot that you kind of have to scroll past because it can be either a downer or this, well, this really doesn't add any value to my life, but there are a few people I follow who I do believe uh, contribute to some things that for me to think about. And one of those is Wayne Watson. Now, if, that name rings a bell to you. It's because yeah. he was a very popular contemporary Christian music artist back in the 80s and 90s. Had a lot of great songs like Watercolor Ponies. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. Yeah, I remember that one. And of course, uh, t- it's actually his very first one called Touch of the Master's Hand, which mm. is based on the story of the old man and the violin. Right. Uh, that was his first big radio hit. And of course, he had many other songs that topped the charts. And who can forget his duet with Sandy Patty, Another Time, Another Place. Yep. So again, you know, he was very popular in his day. In fact, he's still working today as a worship leader in <laughs> Texas. He doesn't post a lot on Facebook. Occasionally, he'll have some live sessions where he'll be talking with people about things that are going on. But uh, this particular one, he just was writing some thoughts that he had come past as he was heading home for the holidays, going back to his home in Louisiana. And he said, one of the things I was doing to pass time was just to count the churches as I was heading down the highway. So, (laughs) you know, it's one, two, three, wasn't worried about the denominations or whatever. Then he got to 75 and all of a sudden he just stopped and he said, you know, there's something that came across his mind and I'm sure part of it came from his days as a performer because he probably experienced some of this during his time as a performer in different churches. He said, a lot of these churches believe they've got everything right. Hmm. We're, we're the right, we're the right church. 
And they may not verbalize it in criticism of other churches, but, you know, they're still thinking, yeah, we've, we, we're the ones that have it right. And uh, I can even remember hearing some of that verbalized as I was growing up among some people mm-hmm. that, well, we've, we're the ones that actually have it right. Because I remember asking as a young kid, why these different, or are we switching from this particular denomination? Because we did this in one okay. church. We switched from an EV free to a Baptist, mm-hmm. <laughs> which are theologically, they're not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just wondering. Um, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Carry okay. on. <laughs> well, there it goes. I threw you off there. You did. Okay. Anyway, so you see, he says, one church might propose that it's Jesus plus tithing, or it's Jesus plus sacrifice, Jesus plus tongues, or how about Jesus plus faithful, regular attendance. Mm. I can remember as a kid having an attendance bar that I would wear. And the more Sundays that you could accumulate, I had actually a rather long one because my my attendance was pretty good. As an adult, this is not like in children's church. No, no, no. Not as this is children. Oh, as a kid. kid. Thank you. For some reason, that just feels a little bit better. This this is back in the 1960s. For whatever reason, this was a thing. You would get this pin for perfect attendance Uh and then you could add onto the bar the more months you you were It's kind of like a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout thing where you've got like the patches, right? Yeah, exactly. It was the same kind of thing accomplishments. Anyway, you, you get the idea. I could add more to the list, but you get it. Mm-hmm. Jesus plus something else. Right. And he says, don't get me wrong. Some of these pluses can be indicators of the Spirit's work in our lives. But when it comes to being in a right, right relationship with Jesus, and he says, and that's what I really want, it's really Jesus plus nothing. Right. Yeah. It, some of those things, again, can be indicators that I am walking right with Christ, but at the end of the day, it's not because I keep my hair at a certain length. I, that was a big thing back in the 60s or or even 70s for that matter, or because I'm wearing the right clothes or I'm mm-hmm. hanging with the right people. Yep. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. It's Jesus plus nothing. So we said, my resolution for this new year is just to give the best effort I can to keep the main thing, the Mm -hmm. main thing. That's good. And not let my spiritual vision be clouded with amendments. And I think that's probably a good word for all of us. Yeah, It challenges me this morning to think in my own life, are there pluses that I add on, you know, to Jesus plus and, and what would that be? I mean, it's a challenge for all of us to just keep the main thing, the main thing, but also to pay attention to those things that kind of compete Right. It, exactly. So let's let's let that let that be true for all of us to keep the main thing. Remember it's Jesus plus nothing. That's the gospel. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800 968 8930 That's 800 968 8930